Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. Your mom. Yes, my mom, definitely. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms. Um, I'll belate your mother. Wait, what? Always has to go that way. It just can't. It just can't be a normal. <laughs> Dude, you knew what you were signing up for. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I did it to myself. You're insinuating that moms aren't into that kind of thing. <laughs> moms need love too. Shut up, Omar. Don't just shut up. <laughs> you can end this right now just by saying. I'm the thing. gonna say the thing. Um, <clears throat> you are listening, much to your chagrin, to the Gimme Five podcast. Episode 243. This is the Gimme Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about extensively entertaining things. We talk about pop culture, you know, entertainment news, movies, music, books, things like that. We throw in a little bit of Florida news because shit gets weird here. Uh, and whatever else might have caught our eye this week. This here is Swamp Fox, and I'm joined by Hairlip, who's in love with my belt buckle. Come back, Hairlip. Uh, is that me? <laughs> Probably. Sure. <laughs> Man, look at that buckle. <laughs> and that right there, that's a damn fine belt mm-hmm. buckle. And I know me some And belt we buckle. are also joined by Sassy Cat, who's got a smoky on his tail. Come on back. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. I'm trying to come up with something from, um... oh my God. Smokey and the Bandit, but I can't. Oh, my good buddy. (laughs) So, the love with my belt buckle is in love with my... That's a quote from Smokey and the Bandit. I have to say thank you, Teresa, for the idea, because this is great. This is hilarious. It's killing me. Should do an entire podcast. Uh, Yeah, that would be amazing. (laughs) But until then, this week... uh, What are we talking about? What are we doing? We're doing uh, Doctor Strange... The Multiverse of Madness. Oh, yeah, we are. Uh, In uh, another multiverse, we are actually a good podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't... A good podcast. I, I wouldn't push yeah, it. Podcast. podcast. In another universe, I might have not That's said that wrong. Well, in another universe, we're a blog, so it's fine. Um, True. And I'm also going to... I'm going to delve into the series finale of Ozark, but not too much because, you know, I don't like to spoil things. Speaking of spoiling. Oh... Uh, spoilers. We, uh, well, there's a couple things about spoilers this week. Here's what we're doing this week. Ozark, no spoilers. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will start off with no spoilers. And then all of the spoilers. Because you can't review it thoroughly without spoiling it. So, we'll warn you. of the spoilers. Hmm. Yeah. So, we'll warn you. And you can go away. But it'll be at the very end of the Doctor Strange thing. So you won't get spoiled if you go up to the point where we say, hey, we're going to spoil it. Are you going to, are there like major twists you guys are going to talk about? Oh yeah, we're definitely going to talk about the fact that uh, Doctor Strange is actually Mephisto. Oops. What? 
Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right, so like Greg was saying, if we're talking about something that you have not seen or read or listened to or perused or browsed or intuited, um, then use your own discretion. Um, what's what's happening in the news? I haven't I haven't seen the Avatar trailer. Is it good? So that's that's a trailer I had before Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had that you... trailer as well. And I was actually, I knew that the trailer was coming and I knew that they had finished filming or something like that. And I was a little surprised to see it. And it was really just, uh, not really a slideshow necessarily, but just kind of scenes that faded in and out. Showing, it was a slideshow. Yeah, but with action, you know, with moving. So it, so it faded in, showed a little bit, faded out, faded in, faded, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it was beautiful, as expected. And... Definitely an you know interesting side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the the characters they did a lot of close ups on the faces of the characters, and in my mind they were telling you like this is the next step of of three D computer facial animation because they went like way closer than they did the first what movie. Kind of animation, mm-hmm. mocap. You just want to be safe facial. <laughs> exactly. Am I that transparent? <laughs> no, I've. I used to teach 3D facial animation, and I would hear the students giggle. <laughs> so, of course, <laughs> you know they were. It's a thing for all ages. They were 18 and 19, and significantly less mature than oh, an adult you mean would be. Not 46. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. sorry, all right, I'm better. Up next, we're going to talk about facials. <laughs> lots and lots of facials. Animation, that is. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. There, there's, there was a few uh, verbal uh, minefields that I had to tiptoe through <laughs> when teaching. I'll try to remember them at some point. Please do. Um, did you guys both see the first Avatar? I've, I've actually not seen it. Am I the only one on Earth that hasn't seen that? Probably. I saw that in the theater like four times. Is um, it really that good or is it just that hyped? It's It's enjoyable, but have you ever seen... Have you ever seen the cartoon Fern Gully? Uh, uh, probably. It is almost a ripoff of Fern Gully. Really? There are several scenes that are straight out of Fern Gully. That's really interesting. Huh. Like shot for shot from Fern Gully. Wow. Okay. Um, The first two times I saw it was just because it was very pretty and action sequences and things like that. Um. Then it was so close to like beating the record that they did some re-releases, and those re-releases mm-hmm. came out right around the time my father was passing away. Right. Um, <clears throat> and the theater was fairly close to the hospital that he was in, so it was a remarkably good escape. Um, and it was a you know good place to take my mother to, where she was you know in a whole other world while my father was in a coma, and mm-hmm. I guess he was kind of in another world at the time too. Um, so. I'm not going to say that the movie has a, a uh, not sympathetic, but it doesn't have a uh, hold on my heart for that reason. It just, I, you know, as someone that does that stuff, I was amazed the first time and will definitely see it the second time. Now, I know there's not a lot of love for that movie anymore. Um, not entirely sure why. It's probably because of the hype. Right. And if something just gets backlash. too hyped, yeah. then everyone has yeah. to kill it. And, and because they have sex with their tails. Mm. 
That is also the okay. thing. They do, in fact, have sex what with a, their tails. What, a, what did I miss? Exactly. When they link with their flying creatures, their tails have like these weird like fiber optic tendrils in them, like organic fiber optic tendrils. Ten- that right. tendrils. Link their minds. Okay. And it links their minds, but it's very much like they're, you know, that's, that's wrestling with an animal they... to plunge the tail into its, like, head. Right. But that's also how they are intimate with each other, as they connect their tails. Okay. That's... I'm not here to judge anybody. It reminds me of a story <laughs> that Rob and I... Never mind. I probably shouldn't do that. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> In fact, you're... you're uh... You're contractually obligated not to uh, mention that story. Yeah, yeah. I believe there's a court order involved. <laughs> the episode title is "Bumping Helmets." It is not. Anyway, so Avatar the trailer it looks is now. Good. <laughs> the um, now the trailer uh, looked pretty good. It's coming out soon, uh, and I believe they shot very risky, but they shot like multiple movies over the. Like this time, so I think they shot two or three. The last I heard, there were um, a total of four sequels that were already planned. So it would make it would, like bringing the total number of movies to five. If I'm not, it it does look <laughs> very pretty. It it looks as good or better than when the first one came out, and you were amazed by the first one. It looks just as good now. As it did then, um, it's pro. I mean, it's probably better looking than than it is. You know, if you compare the two, but it's just as impressive now as it was then. Um, the only the only question is is whether where they go with the story because that could be what ends up buried. Well, that's the thing is, can they? Is this something that you know? I, I haven't seen it, so I'm I'm asking out of total ignorance with it. But is this something that they you, could? You absolutely should check out the first. Yeah, one. I would. I mean, I I didn't. Avoided on purpose. It was just kind of how things went down. It had a pretty cut and dry story. The first one It had a beginning, middle, and end, and like, yeah, it was Fern Gully. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this one actually, it like, it almost looks like certain sequences of it are in the same place that the ride takes you. Um, the new, well, not new anymore, but the Avatar ride well, at that's, Disney. Like, that's a coincidence. When you fly over, you fly into that cave, then you fly out, and you're like near the water, and it looks like. Very close to there. yeah. That's totally by. <laughs> oh, by the way, the, that's not planned in any way. Uh, what is the name of the movie? It is um, the Way of the Water. Is there any indication and, of the story, uh, like what it is about? Um, what it looks like is it looks like the hero and his family from the previous movie, uh, Jake Sully, and his family are displaced from their tribe, and they end up seeking shelter with the Water Tribe. Okay. So we're kind of going, we're kind of going Avatar: The Last Airbender now, where there's a water tribe, a forest tribe. <laughs> there's probably an air tribe and a fire tribe and an earth tribe. And I think the tagline was like "Family is forever" or something, something like that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the other little bit of news is we talked about it a couple months ago, but George Prez, uh, Marvel and DC artist has passed away. He was yeah. He was diagnosed with cancer. Uh we're not going to go too much into that cuz we talked about it a few like I said a few months ago. But a uh, super nice dude. Uh has probably drawn almost well, definitely drew every major character, but 
he was very well known for drawing big team books and Crisis on Infinite Earths and Avengers and these giant battle scenes that took up two pages and a famous like poster of like all the Marvel heroes and things like that. Uh, what he is most known for, though, is uh, going to conventions and meeting with people and talking with people and not just doing it to make money, doing it because he loved the art. He loved the fans. Uh, he would talk to up-and-coming artists and give them advice. He would, you know, I bet if we had walked up to him with a microphone and asked him questions, he would have talked to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he, one of his, my favorite little things about him, other than his his style and that kind of stuff, and the fact that he's nice, is that he always wore very flashy um, Hawaiian shirts. You never saw him without one. And all of those shirts were sewed by his wife. Aww, she would find, she would find like cool fabric and just sew the shirts. And you know they were together until he passed away. She was her. Uh, I wasn't planning on reading this, but <clears throat> uh, her wife, his wife, I believe, Constance. I, if I'm wrong about that, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, all of you, for the love and support you've shown George throughout all of this. It meant the world to him. That was what she said when in the announcement. Good person and gone far too soon. Like it, it, all of the just all of the announcements I saw from his camp was more. Uh, it, it seemed less. I'm scared of death and more. I'm really sorry that I'm disappointing you by dying. Really? Oh, that was like the, that was like the feel. That's heavy. Wow. Yeah. Rest in peace to a good dude. What were you gonna say, Rob? Sorry, I cut you off. I I feel bad about the 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 um, segue because I was like, speaking of gone too soon, and I was just gonna go to a game that's died far before it should have. But uh, that seems like a, a disingenuous transition at this point. Um, the 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 fans will accept the fan. Oh, will accept. Okay. Um. Well, because there was there was a game that I was kind of interested in and I wanted to check out, but. Yeah, I mean the game is not even two months old and it's already dead. Uh, and I'm not going to spend sixty dollars to check it out and find out that it's you know garbage. But I and it surprises me because it's a Square Enix game, but it was just released two months ago. And it's called Babylon's Fall. It's a like an action RPG kind of thing, and it's got a big big world. And the last the last article I saw said that the PC version of it is being kept alive by one person. At the last count, they had one concurrent user in the world on the game. Wow. One. One. And the game is only two months old. Okay. Now, the game is called Babylon's Fall. Last week, we talked about things that were meta. Is the fact that it fell that quickly... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> making it the most yeah. meta game ever very possibly self referential that's crazy because there are people like i can log into plants for zombies which has been out for like what 12 years 13 years something like that and still battle people in an arena on my phone yeah there's our plants for zombies too already which, I mean, there's been a plans for Zombie 2 for, like, what, another six years. 
And there's still people going to the first one and playing, much less a brand new game. That. No, there's there's still people playing the uh, the Star Wars game that we played forever that they've tried to kill intentionally, and the players just refuse to quit. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, you can't quit this game. I want to give you more money for no reason. They're like, all right, I guess we'll just keep making bullshit. Here, here's a character. Spend $5,000 to get this character. Good, you did that. A week later, here's another character. He's better than this last character. You should spend $5,000 to get him, too. What? Fuck you. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. There are uh, people who are spending it, which is what, you know. I, you know what else is crazy? No. Florida. Tell me. <laughs> Florida people. Florida people are insane. Well, look. You can. You can say what you want, all right? But. Oh, sweet. Well, we can say Florida, what Florida, no. Okay. <laughs> Let me defend Florida. Florida people follow the rules, okay? They do. When they go... What the hell we okay, do? When they... When they <laughs> you are a damn no, liar. No, let, let me listen to what I'm saying. Okay? When... When they're given instructions, they follow them. Okay? Especially this I woman disagree. in Tampa. Okay? She was following her GPS instructions. Okay? So, you can't tell me... I have, I have evidence to back up my claim. She's following her GPS instructions like a good... Decent Florida citizen. <sighs> Small problem. She drove her car. Th- <clears throat> she drove through a police department garage, across the pedestrian plaza, and down the stairs. But in her defense, it was the GPS telling her to do that. Okay? I, I believe she was also mm-hmm. drunk as shit. Well, yeah, the, the police have some discrepancy with the actual GPS instructions. Um, they said, quote, we felt like it was her excessive blood alcohol level that led to the unusual crash. Okay. But you know what? Still, Florida people follow instructions because that's what the GPS said. So I don't want to hear anybody disparaging our Florida people. Uh, they also said, we are fortunate that she didn't strike anyone and this ended with just a small amount of property damage. Please don't drink and drive. The woman was issued for a summons for operating while under the influence. That's all a summons. That's it. Oh, I guess I guess they'll decide what to do with her later. But um, I thought that was hilarious. I mean, that's such a Tampa thing. She's so drunk. There's a picture of her car literally halfway down. I'm, I'm just doing what the GPS said. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's GPS. Hear, hear the Siri voice. Drive off. The ledge. <laughs> like <laughs> Recalculating. Recalculating. Why am I on a pier? What the fuck? <laughs> My wife has always insisted that she wants a voice that gets increasingly more annoyed when you start like ignoring the GPS. When you like know kind of a better way to go someplace and they're like recalculating. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. Oh, I guess turn left here, <sighs> genius. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Make a U turn if you need to. Oh my god, that's funny. I don't know why I'm here. You just ignore <laughs> me anyway. Maybe you should just go ask that person over yeah. there for directions. There's a gas station coming up just on the right. Stop in that stop gas there. station, yeah. 
That's funny. That's a really good idea. I need some chips. <laughs> oh, that's good. Right? Surprised they haven't actually done that with, with GPSs. If you want Skittles, stop here. Actually, that's... Holy crap, that's like really throwing good. away all of our million-dollar ideas. genius. Yeah, we need to move on from that, because that's a really good idea. Someone in Pakistan is going to become like gazillionaire stealing our ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... So that's our WTF story. Um, it's a woman driving literally through a like police station and then down the stairs because she's so drunk she thinks that's what her GPS is telling her to do. Um, which I think was a bit in the office. Remember they drive into a lake? Yeah, they yeah they drive like this white I remember a white car mm-hmm. like into the like lake. I think it something. was a it was like a Sebring. It was Michael yeah. Scott. It was Michael Scott yeah. drove a Sebring into a lake because he misread the the GPS. Uh, so since we just gave away all of our big money ideas we need money that's why we have a patreon Uh, patreon.com slash give me five podcast just five dollars keeps the show going for money stuff things Uh, there are uh, you uh, but it doesn't just keep the show going but we do stuff for you we do Uh, we we have a chat we do stuff for you we talk on mother's day we uh, wish your mom's Happy Mother's Day. Um, we do all sorts of fun stuff there. You can uh, get a chance to answer the top five list before it is actually like live. Uh, there is a higher range as well. If you're like a crazy super fan, uh, you get to even like like control a show. You get to make us talk about things that you pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to join us periodically, and you get... We send you the notes, like, in advance, that kind of thing. So that's uh, patreon.com slash giveme5podcast. Well, I think we should jump into some of the the meat and potatoes of the situation. What do you think? Why don't you tell us a little bit about Ozark? Yeah. Um, Ozark has seen its last episode. Um, that's not new, really, to anybody who's interested in the show. Um, the final season was broken up into two parts. Season four. Uh, season four, episode one through eight came out January 21st of this year. And then season four, episode eight through, I believe, 16 came out April 29th, 2022. You all know it. Ozark is on uh, Netflix. Of course, Jason Bateman and Laura Linney are the main, I guess, biggest stars in there. Uh, Marty Bird and Wendy Bird. Um, Skylar Gartner and Sophia Hublitz play their children. Um, Julia Garner plays Ruth Langmore, who's probably probably my favorite character. Um, Charlie Tahan, Lisa Emery plays the increasingly disgusting Darlene Snell. Um, Carson Holmes plays three, um, Jordan Spiro, Felix Solis as Omar Navarro, um, Kevin Johnson plays Sam Dermondy, and the FBI agent is Jessica Francis Dukes. Um, stellar cast. The casting is amazing. Everyone just absolutely kills it. If you've never seen Ozark, um, it is, it's, it's really, really good. The basic synopsis is the birds and their teenage kids, Charlotte and Jonah, are, for all intents and purposes, an ordinary family with ordinary lives. 
except for the job of Marty, a Chicago financial advisor who also serves as the top money launderer for the second largest drug cartel in Mexico. When things go awry, Marty must uproot his family from the skyscrapers of Chicago and relocate to the Lazy Lake region of the Missouri Ozarks. When they get there, of course, he's got to launder hundreds of millions of dollars, and that's how the show kicks off. Well, it just ended. Just like any of the ending, the the other seasons, the way that they ended, there's always some surprise or two that happens, and that absolutely happens now. Um, they bring back a couple of the older characters um, from from previous seasons. They um, they wrap it up in in such a way as. Um, Teresa said it was like a Soprano-style ending, which was the best way that I've heard it described. Uh, and that's not really giving anything away. It's just, what I mean by that is, it just kind of, you know that, like, just things kind of keep going. They do it in a way where, like, we're just not going to see the rest of the story, but there's more. Um, the acting is amazing, as usual. Um, I feel like this is one of those shows like Breaking Bad and some of these other really, really good shows, where the only thing that, that they could do to keep the story going is to kind of make things more extreme. So I think they ended at the right time because things got more and more, you know, crazy, and they ha- they're having to deal with bigger and bigger um, issues. Like at one point in this season, this is not a major spoiler, Marty has to go in and sort of be the um, de facto head of the Mexican cartel for like an episode, episode and a half, something like that. He's it's your really, kids, who, Marty. He's basically, but really, who hasn't? Yeah, happened? I mean, I, that happens to me all the time. Do. You know, whatever. Um, so it, you know, things get so wildly out of hand. Like, I, I'm glad the show ended now. I mean, I guess there's there's always more story to tell, and the storytelling on the show and the acting was great. So, I mean, I'm sure they could have kept it going, but I, I feel like they went out on top. Um, there's one main thing that I don't want to I can't give away because it's huge that everybody's sad or disappointed in something happens that and and, and I'm trying not to give I don't want to give it away but everyone's like oh man I, that's that was a bummer were you sad and disappointed yeah I was like man this sucks and you know you kind of know a few minutes before it happens like things happen a certain way um that you know it's going to happen, but you're just like, fuck. And you're kind of hoping, well, maybe maybe they get out of it. Maybe things change, but it doesn't. Um, I think it was a pretty satisfying ending, I guess. Um, without without any spoilers, I can't really say too much more about it. Um, have you guys, are you guys into Ozark? Have you been following it? Or are you just behind? I've never seen it. Not at all, huh? Um I kind of want to, uh, you know, I was a big fan of Breaking Bad. You mentioned that big fan of the Sopranos. Some of that stuff is very bleak. If you watch it all, like uh, binge it straight through. And I'm not sure if I'm up for that at the moment. Cause you're, you know, inevitably you fall in love with the character and then bad things happen. And then, or the other side. Right. Yeah. Or like the other side of it where there's a character that is a bad guy and you're kind of sort of rooting for him, you know? 
Right. Uh, and it, I mean, it's, and I know it's well done. I've heard that. And I'm, you know, I, I was a huge Breaking Bad fan, a huge Sopranos fan. Well, less of a Sopranos fan, but a huge Breaking Bad fan. But even I haven't been able to go back and watch that. Agreed. Exactly. And this show. Because I like, I, I feel like it's going to be exhausting. It's very exhausting. Like I've mid season in like previous seasons. And I don't mean like mid, like in season four, they broke it into two parts. But the first three seasons, if I recall, they didn't do that. I don't remember anymore. But I would be like into like episode two, season two, you know, something like that. And I'd have to take like a three week break. Just like, okay, I need a, <laughs> I'm not watching it. I can't do it right now. I need to, I need to come back to this. I like it and I'm not done. I just can't at the moment. Like there's so much and it's so heavy and it's so, I mean, just the first episode is really like, they, they do a great job of like sucking you in. It's very, very well done, but it's just like every step of the way there's something and unexpected stuff, just like in Breaking Bad, you know, there'll be like some people on street corner and then boom, a car just comes in, like runs them over. You know, kind of like craziness, like in Breaking Bad. I think that was in like season well, like, two or season one. But it's 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 like that. Yeah, it's bleak. It's hard. I think what they do is they take the the main character, as with most things, is the everyman. It's the you know the character that is just finding the organization or just getting involved in it. So you put yourself in their shoes. And like with Breaking Bad, the first thing he did that was really really terrible if you remember, was he strangled that dude with the bike lock. Yeah. And, like, as a viewer... So, uh, Rob, you didn't see this, right? Mm-mm. So he puts, you know, the bike locks that's, like, a U-shape with, like, the single bar in the back mm-hmm. of it? Mm-hmm. He chains a dude to, like, one of those posts that's, like, in every basement. He chains it around his and neck. And the guy's there yeah. for a while. And the guy's there for a while. And then he realizes he has to get rid of the guy, so he basically gets behind it and grabs the post and, like, chokes the dude out with it and kills him. But... Even with that, you're kind of, as you're watching, you're like, and they did it on purpose, I'll bet. Where you're like watching it, and you're like, well, he was a bad guy anyway, so it was fine. Right. And then when it, and then like when the next thing happens, it was like, that guy wasn't really as much of a bad guy. And then it gets to the point where we're like, wait, he just killed someone I like. Right. And it's, and they did it on purpose. They like slowly escalated, right. you know, where he was killing innocent people just to protect himself. And it, and that's when you're like, that's when it starts getting a little heavy. And you're like, oh, I was putting myself in the shoes. I could do that. Oh, I don't think I could do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually totally the character gets so far from what he originally was or so far from what you would do that it's. And I think that's part of what makes these shows eventually become really far fetched. Um, because you have to keep escalating. Like to keep the show going. Yeah. But you, but you, if you, do, if you're, and it's Jason Bateman. Everyone likes Jason Bateman, right? And even at the very, even all the way through the last episode, I really like Jason Bateman's character. I like Marty Bird a lot, and everyone that I speak speak to that that has seen it, they all say the same thing: they love him. And there's another character named Ruth, who it becomes one of the show favorites as well. She's so good. The actress is so good that plays her, but. Um, and she just becomes somebody that everybody loves, even though at times she's kind of like on Marty Bird's, Jason, that's Jason Bateman's character. Sometimes they're on the same team, sometimes they're at odds, but she's so awesome. Like, So this show, 
is basically what I'm trying to say. This show is like like a Breaking Bad type thing where it's very down the rabbit hole. It's very bleak. It's very mm-hmm. like the situations are like just like what the fuck? Like it just it just but it's also cleverly written in how they deal with these things and how they get out of them or like what they do. So the the writing is exceptional. It's really really good. And I and they do it in the same way as some of these other shows that we've mentioned where you you might see something right now in like episode one of season one. You're watching Marty Bird trying to like sell his because he's like a financial advisor and he's got a couple in there and you look over and you see his computer and he's watching porn like while he's talking to them. And then this is like a kind of this is a known scene like if you've seen it and I'm not giving anything away. This is like early in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he's watching it again while he's sitting at home with his wife. But then as he's watching it, it's revealed. He already knows this, but we don't know that as the viewer, viewer yet. It's not porn. It's his wife having an affair. Like she eventually turns around to the camera and it's her. And she's in the room with him and he's watching this video like on his lap. And you're like, oh shit, there's like a lot more going on here than what it appears to be. And and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> like, like that's the first 20 minutes of the first episode. So you can imagine by the by the time you get to the end of the fourth season, it's just like insane. It's like just completely bonkers. Um, I I highly recommend it. Whether you've if you've not seen Ozark at all, give it a try. I guarantee you you'll be sucked in. Um, if you haven't done season four yet or the last part of season four, you at this point you're locked in. It, it it's good. I mean it's just it's just well it's just very very well done from start to finish. Highly recommended, and uh, Jason Bateman even um, directs some of the episodes. Uh, he's really good. So, enjoy it, Ozark. Excellent. I've and heard now, about it a lot, and I've thought about checking it out, but just one of those things I haven't gotten If you don't like the first episode, the first episode... Ends with them going to the Ozarks. So by the end of the second episode, if you don't like it, then then the show's really not for you. You know, like you just won't like it. I think, but I think the first episode alone will suck you in. Like it's so it's really well done. <clears throat> but uh, it's you, time you keep promising me get well, sucked in, and yeah, it's, you're uh... welcome. <laughs> But now I really want to see the multiverse of madness, but I'd rather hear you guys talk about it instead. So this is the non-spoiler portion of Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. And Rob's going to take that so that I can keep myself from coughing. All right. Well, Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness was released on May 6th, just this past weekend, 2022. It's directed by Sam Raimi. And it does bring back Dr. Stephen Strange, a la Bumblestump, Common Stash, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Benedict Wong, oh, God, Jotil Gomez? Jotil Gomez? And Rachel McAdams. Those are are the main players. I Um, I love Buffalo Custard Bath. Love him. He was great at Sherlock. Patches is really good. 
Um, the synopsis, I'm looking at the synopsis that you put here, and I'm like... It's not right. This is wrong. <laughs> I don't it's what's know there. Who wrote this synopsis, but it's not correct. Um, the... There is a there is a multiverse traveler who they're fighting for the the powers of and Doctor Strange is trying to save the multiverse traveler and somebody is trying to get the abilities of the multiverse traveler and that's essentially what the movie is about. It could be thought of as one prolonged chasing. Pretty much, yeah. It does slow down periodically. It does. So, what did uh what did you think of this movie, Greg? Well, uh, I rushed out to it last night, Sunday night, because we had family here for mm-hmm. the holiday, so I went at like eleven o'clock. <clears throat> Actually, very cool to have an entire IMAX theater to myself. Oh, really? You had a whole IMAX theater? Yeah, yeah. I could scratch another thing off of my uh, places to masturbate list. That's surprising. <laughs> Oh, you have that bingo card too. That's cool. Did it? Did it not do well? No, it did great. It did phenomenal. So I think it was the highest grossing movie so far this year. Maybe I, know, I know it beat Batman. Completely empty theater because it was eleven o'clock and um, college graduation just happened, so a lot oh. of the students are gone. Anyway, yeah. uh, and it was eleven o'clock on Mother's Day. I don't know, but anyway, um, so. I really liked it. I thought um, – I tried to avoid spoilers on the way in because I knew this was going to be a spoilerific movie. Um, in fact, that's actually why I saw it at a weird time because I started seeing people were like, well, the, it's past the weekend. I can start talking about it on You're social like, media. no, shut up. Yeah. Um, even some of the some of the uh, things like comicbook.com. And there's another one. There was a, a Disney-related blog that I finally had to uh, get rid of because of some – like they started post hmm? spoilerific posts. No, not that they were just, they started getting stupid just in general. They're like, like Dr. Strange has the, or no, they were talking about a movie that's not even out yet. Whatever it was, has the lowest rating of any, whatever movie. And it was like, they tried to make it think like everyone hated it, even though it wasn't out yet, but it was like, it was that it was rated like PG instead of PG 13 or something. I was like, but like everyone clicked, like thinking like, why does everyone hate this movie that's not out yet? But it was so I'm like, yeah, fuck you. You're, it was clickbait. Oh, uh, they were just doing clickbait. Gotcha. Yeah, it was actually one of the theme park sites, but they're they're dead now. They're dead to me. They've they've done like five or six clickbait articles in a row. So see so yeah. ya. Anyway, um, so I was, I was very excited to see it. That's uh, you know, I was interested to see where they were going. I'm sort of torn on multiverse stuff in general. Uh, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. I like it because it is interesting seeing other people's paths that they could take. Mm-hmm. I used to like that aspect of like the X-Men, but in some ways I don't like it because it makes major events less impactful. Correct. So I like, will say that I did like this, but it is this is not the best multiverse movie that we've had this year. I actually watched the, the other one uh, right before. Was it Spider-Man? Or oh no, the other one, uh, the the uh... everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, it's a multiverse year. Actually, Spider Man came out last year, but um, and uh, you, what did you uh, think? 
Um, there it, it did slow down at points. Um, there were a couple of surprising uh, developments for me. Um, the I'll admit I was surprised by the villain. We'll we'll get to that a little bit later. <clears throat> the movie overall, I enjoyed. I I liked the the multiverse component to it, but you are correct in that the the consequences are somewhat negated when there's an infinite multiverse out there for them to just pull from. Um I don't more spoiler stuff. I don't know that I like the ending. Um, but that had to do with the villain trying to be as vague as possible. Okay. Um, however, the, the acting was amazing. It was very beautifully shot. There was a lot of, there was a lot of CG, um, but straight up, can, oh. Can I just say that I was amazed with Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. She was fantastic in this. I thought that uh, Battlefield Counter-Strike was phenomenal. But then met at every level by Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, I mean, he's he's really good. And I'm talking about Bridal Bit, Granny Pinch. Um, <laughs> but... Elizabeth Olsen, I really feel like she stole like all of the scenes that she was in, and and really, really kind of drove the movie forward, and and I heard I heard prior to this to the release of this movie that they wanted to do they wanted to make this like the first horror Marvel movie. And while I, I don't know that they actually accomplished the quote-unquote horror aspect of it, there definitely were some very tense, almost thriller parts involved, if you will. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I didn't quite see the horror aspect of it. What about you? I think if you were to look at horror on that, it was maybe not jump scares so much as gore, as scary faces as um there was there was one really tense scene that that they pulled off and I thought that was the closest they came to it being horror is it like in that underground thing with the vault looking thing yes or? yes where they were where they were being chased mm-hmm. and the the glowing eyes in the darkness that was that was really that that was kind of creepy but that that was pretty much the closest that they got to it being that's cuz you don't have cats Every well, time I walk that. into a dark room, there's a glowing eyes. Well, there's that. Yeah, I thought but that it, was actually pretty impressive. Um, that that was the closest they got to it being horror. Yeah. In my yeah, there was some stuff that was very similar to the Dementors in Harry Potter, uh, mm-hmm, or Ring Wraiths, mm-hmm. depending on what your what your fantasy uh, bag is, baby. Oh, uh, gore. I mean, there, it really depends on what you find scary too. Because some people do find things with like demons and portals and runes and all that kind of stuff scarier than we do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the yeah, both of the leads got a chance to play multiple characters, and yes, like some of it was subtle, some of it was really well done, and like you know that you you start off in the movie. This isn't really a spoiler. It's the very opening sequence, like literally the first frame. You start off with a Doctor Strange who's not the Doctor Strange that you would expect. Like it's right. not it's the an Doctor alternate Strange. Doctor Strange. Which we kind of knew because we look at the toys and they actually released it with a different name. So you knew it was someone different. Oh, and I will say I kept waiting for that scene that was in the trailers and it wasn't there. Which scene? The things just got. Oh, uh, yeah. That scene wasn't in the movie. I was like, what the hell? I kept waiting for that to come because I was like, all right, so there's going to be something. There's going to be there's going to be this scene. There's going to be. What the shit? It's not here. Now, this is definitely a Sam Raimi movie. Oh, yeah. Without question. And I'm torn. As a genre fan, I know I'm supposed to like all things Sam Raimi. But every so often, it becomes more of a, oh, that's a Sam Raimi thing, and it pulls me out of the movie. Really? Something that's yeah, so unique. With every one of his movies. Yeah, like different ways of filming stuff, different ways of like where he speeds things up or slows things down, or like you know, cameos that he uses, obviously, which everyone, if you know anything about Sam Raimi, you know that he's um he always uh puts uh Bruce Campbell in or not always, but most of the time puts Bruce Campbell in movies. And I loved that cameo, by the way. And it was great. But all of a sudden, people cheering and pointing at the screen in the middle of this kind of fairly complex movie. Again, I, I'm 100% aware that movies are supposed to be fun. Little Red Fan Surface is cool. I love the cameo. I love the sequence. I love him. Right. I mean, but that's but that's also something that happened, at least until he passed away. That was something that happened in every Marvel movie with Stan yeah. Lee. I yeah. mean, that people watched these movies waiting for the cameos, and you know, Stan Lee shows up, and they're like, oh, Stan Lee! Like, another little sequence I thought was, it was interesting, it was kind of neat, but the music sequence, like the music fight, I was like, hmm. That was weird. Because, Here, like, I'll, they're, I'll they're fighting for the multiverse, and I'm not going to spoil too much, but basically they're throwing music notes at each other, and it's playing songs, and it's right. like, you know, when the good guy throws, it's all, like, bright, or energetic you know, mm-hmm. classical music. And when the bad guy does, it's like, and it's yeah, like it's the, the, what is it? The, Oh God, what is that called? The, yeah, that fugue. That's it. Um, so, so I think it's called smoke on the water. Never heard of it. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what it was. But, like, they do that, and, like, in my mind, all I'm thinking, while it's neat, it was visually stunning, it was kind of cool seeing the, like, things, like, cut through. But it's, like, if you're fighting someone and it's for the end of the world, and there's, like, swords and guns and all this stuff littered around, and you're, like, let's start off with these pool noodles. Because the other person picked up a pool noodle. It's, like, I don't know, it just seems like they were just, like, doing it for fun and for visual Mm -hmm. stuff, rather than, you know, to actually advance the story. 
What did you think of all the various multiverses that were passed through? I, I think I think a lot of them went way too fast for me to be able to evaluate a whole lot of them. I mean, it was. I mean, there was there was a paint universe. There was a cartoon universe. There was like a Jurassic universe. There was, was like a rock one. Yeah, I it. I would have to watch the movie again on like the DVR or DVD or whatever, and be able to like slow-mo through the different universes just to see everything that they did, Mm -hmm. because it was a whole lot to unpack. It was just so many things in that one. And it was probably like a, a 15, 15 to 45 second clip. Yeah. And there was, and there was probably a universe every two seconds. So it was like, Oh, what was that? I, I think I saw something there. Is that Is there a... one that did the like square thing that they did in like in uh Endgame or Infinity War? Like where the face turned into a square, if I remember correctly? Or maybe that happened in a different part. Yeah, no no no. Where where his face broke off into squares? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was in the trailer, dude. Okay. As he's screaming. Oh uh, yeah. One more I tried to hide avoid uh spoilers ah, much gotcha, possible. Gotcha. So I will say that they they fell into a trap. Go on. This might be spoilerific. Well, do you want to hold off because we're going to yeah, jump to spoilers I shortly? Hold off. I, remind me about the remind me about the villain trap. Okay. And the, the other thing I mentioned briefly, the gore and stuff like that. Um, this was really violent for a Marvel movie. Now, some things happened off screen, um, but like, I think the least, one of maybe the least violent of the violence would be a creature getting impaled in the eye and it getting pulled out, uh, optic nerve and all. That was great. It was great. It was awesome. Loved it. But like, that was the first time I'm like, hmm, maybe I won't bring my kid to see this. <laughs> and then it got worse because it was like violence happening to characters that either liked or might have liked or thought of as heroes or things like that. Like the, um, the one woman with the super short hair that was helping Wong. It was like, whoa. Yeah. Or even the, uh, the corrupted, uh, strange. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So is it time to spoil things? I what is six one six? That was under no. Oh, six, that is um, this is the first mention of six one. Well, actually, sorry, it's the second mention of Marvel six one six universe. The six one six universe is the Marvel universe that we know. Uh, it has been mentioned one other time in one other movie. It was mentioned by Mysterio as he was BSing. Because remember, everyone was, Mysterio kept on saying he was from a different universe, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, this is the six one six universe." But remember, he was not. Spoiler. He was not actually from a different universe. He was just a, you know, dude that worked for Tony Stark. But the six one six universe is the way they whenever they started doing uh, multiverse in the comics. That's how they referred to the universe that we know of as the Marvel universe. Okay. Our Marvel universe is six one six. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> All right. You you should see the Omar of uh, Universe number sixty nine. <laughs> that Omar doesn't leave his house often. 
No. Neither does. No. Shut up, Omar. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never want to make direct eye contact with that, Omar. It gets really weird really quick. It's kind of like a Medusa thing, except you actually turn into oh, semen instead of stone. That's so much. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we might have driven enough people away. I think it's time for the spoiler stuff. Yes. So, uh, you mentioned the villain. Go. Wait, uh, Omar, were you interested in going away? Or are you going to um, see? Yeah, I'll see. I care? might disappear for a second. All okay. right. So, I thought they fell into that villain trap. Um, it's A lot of times it's a hero that they do it with, but they they made a character so strong that the only person who could beat that character was themselves. Interesting. That is true. And the villain of the movie was so strong that only the villain could beat themselves. And in a moment of returning to sanity and being good, the villain defeated themselves. Actually, I'm going to tell you who it is because it becomes very obvious very quickly. Um, probably in the first 20 minutes of the it movie. It is in the first 20 minutes of the movie? Yeah. Probably in the first 20 minutes of the movie, you find out that Wanda is actually the villain. Really? Yes. Interesting. She's gone insane and become the Scarlet Witch, which I don't think is really the same thing in the comics. I think she was always, that was just her hero name. It wasn't like an alter ego. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong. But I I would have to disagree because I've seen I've seen some posting and stuff online. I've seen some 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 complaints that it's completely out of character for Wanda, and it's like, well, that's that's kind of the point is that you know she 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 always it's not it's not so much out of character for her so much that she was one of those people who kind of played by the rules when it suited her, and then when she needed something. You know, it was, hey, you know, I'm I'm going to do what I want to or do what I need to. Hence the the whole um, I don't even remember the name of the town in WandaVision. But I mean, she took a whole town hostage, for Christ's sake. And uh, it's Poughkeepsie, I believe. Yeah, there you go. Um, Albuquerque. Yeah. And and she took this whole town hostage and even when she found out what she was doing, she still wouldn't let them go. She had to get to the end of that arc and, and fight the other villain to realize, you know, oh, well, you know, maybe this is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. But, I mean, she's... She's had this immense power and has no qualms about using it at all. And she uses it to get what she feels she wants and needs. And, you know, everybody else kind of be damned. And that's kind of where we were at. And then when you throw the corruption of the Darkhold on top of that, and the Darkhold is supposed to corrupt its readers completely, I mean, you kind of understand where it comes from and how she gets there. And I, I really don't think that it was all that much of a breaking character for her. I know it's different in the comics and the, and the movies, but there was a story very similar to this in the Avengers, where all of a sudden all these like villains are stacking the Avengers, and it's villains. Some of them are dead, some of them are whatever, and they're like, "What the hell?" And it turns out that it's that Wanda had her like break, mm-hmm. and 
you know, goes kind of nuts as a result. <clears throat> is that the House of M? House of M is what happened right afterwards when the Avengers finally realized that it was her. Ah. Um, and the, she um, puts a spell out that's like no more mutants and it gets rid of half of all the mutants and all that. But um, So yeah, it was, it was very interesting how powerful she was and it's, it's always interesting when they show that where you like see this, all these well-trained uh, wizards, I guess, and people coming in from different you know, what are they, the houses or whatever? Mm-hmm. The yeah, different from England branches. and... Yeah, the different branches. All this and trainees and weapons and a fortress and something that st- stood for ages, and then she goes through it like it's butter. And I I have to say, that scene where she confronts them in their, in their mountain retreat or whatever, and Doctor Strange flies up to talk to her, the, the pent-up rage that... Elizabeth Olsen portrays in that scene is fucking chilling. She, I, I mean, I was getting goosebumps listening to her talk and give her speech to Dr. Strange. She was so good. So amazing in that scene. Mm-hmm. Now she is, her whole thing is that she lost her kids, mm-hmm. lost her husband wants to find a universe where the kids are still around, but also wants the power to jump universes just in case something happens again. Um, what if my kids get sick? What if this? You know, wants to be able to do that. <clears throat> the vehicle to this is a character named uh, America Chavez, mm-hmm. who I knew very little about. Is It is a character from Marvel Comics. Was that uh, Was that her ability in Marvel Comics? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure yes. Um, I don't know if it's quite as big um, of a power, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I like the way they visualized it with the star, with mm-hmm. the like crystals. Mm-hmm. That looked really cool. Um, and I, I kind of liked, I kind of grew to like the character. I was, I was a little concerned at first when she first said her name, and then she says some little thing afterwards, and the delivery was weird. Okay. Um, just the way she delivered the line, it didn't, and I don't think it's on her. Like I'm not, it, it's not an, even an acting thing. It was, I think it was the, she said the line 30 times and I think the director picked a weird one. Gotcha. Um, but, and I was like, oh, okay. And I usually don't catch that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, that was kind of a weird thing. Maybe it was edited weird. I don't know. And then, uh, and then you know, going through, I I kind of felt bad for her story. They didn't. They only touched on her briefly at the beginning, and then kind of only revisited. I think one more time. Yeah, she was kind of she was kind of a an afterthought. She was more the goal, yeah, and less less the story. Like she was being chased. She was being hunted. There was a lot of scenes where she was literally hiding behind the main character, which is fine. It's a Doctor Strange movie. Uh, but. One of the things was like it was very similar to um, which X Men character was it? That, oh, it was uh, Rogue that like killed her first boyfriend, mm-hmm. like the first time the powers like came about. And I thought that, or put him in a coma or something. That when her when she got scared and her powers first came out and she like lost her mom's like sucked off into the multiverse, I was kind of like, 
that might actually be something that I would be interested in following up on. You know, maybe a, a short movie on Disney Plus, like an hour long movie or something. I thought that'd be kind of mm-hmm. cool. Cause I actually care that, and that made me care about her more. Just the right. fact that she was this little girl that was all of a sudden alone because of something she specifically did, even though Dr. Strange said, you know, it wasn't her fault. But guilt is still guilt. So I thought that was actually really cool. Um, let's see. While bouncing around these different universes, they do happen upon a fairly interesting plant cover universe. New York, plants everywhere, and uh, it's, uh, you know, the Doctor Strange of this universe is dead. And yep. Baron Mordo is the Doctor Strange, so Mordo, who from our universe... No, Baron Mordo is the Sorcerer Supreme. He's the Sorcerer Supreme, but he's, um, in our universe, he was, last time we saw him, he was like, I'm going to kill all the magic users. Mm-hmm. Here he is, the Sorcerer Supreme, and... You end up meeting the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. And this was very this, interesting to me. Everybody was all excited about. Mm-hmm. And, and this um, is the, this is where the spoiler thing got me. Like, I have to see this movie because someone's like, you know, you're scrolling through stuff, and it was like, who is the Illuminati? I'm like, why the hell would someone be talking about that? Because I did I did not know if they were coming to be showing up. And you're like, damn it. Uh, uh, the Illuminati, of course, is supposed to be this, you know, group that's overseeing the universe. In the current Marvel universe, it's like Reed Richards and Iron Man, because he's not dead in the regular Marvel universe, and Captain America, and, you know, a lot of the, the bigger name, Namor, you know, because he's kind of like the dude of the seas. Mm-hmm. Can't but do it that because... It wasn't those guys. Yeah, it couldn't do that partially because the rights to Namor is owned by someone else, I believe. Oh, Okay. I think. Not sure. But the Illuminati in this universe was uh, one that was introduced in the What If cartoon, and that's Captain Carter, played by Haley Atwell. So we got Haley Atwell back playing uh, Peggy Carter, but she was the one who took the super serum in this universe and became, in, and instead of Captain America, we've got Captain Carter. Uh, Black, I'm going to skip that one because of the way he revealed Black Bolt was in this. <clears throat> yep. It was played by the Black Bolt actor that played it on the uh, very terrible streaming show. Really? Same actor, different costume. Costume is a lot better. Uh, Black Bolt is the leader of the, the... He's the king of the, I think, Terrans or whatever. They're the uh, Inhumans. They took the Terrigen Mist and became super powerful. If you watch uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you'll know that. He cannot speak without blowing someone up. <laughs> Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, also, Mr. Fantastic, played by John Krasinski. And this universe is Captain Marvel, played by Lashana Lynch. Yeah, and uh, that she was Captain Marvel in some of the comics for a little while. She became the head of a their shield, and then the sword was the, the outer space version of shield. Mm-hmm. She was the leader of that. Uh, Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, of course. That was, I mean, there's been a lot of talk of John Krasinski playing it. I'm not sure if that's going to carry over to the regular movies. That would be great. Um, and so they're talking, and then you hear a voice, which we've heard in the trailer, mm-hmm. and a very familiar it? yellow wheelchair comes it was out. Exactly who we thought it was. Yeah. 
And it was Professor X from the X-Men. Played by Patrick Stewart. And, of course, in true Sam Raimi fashion, there was a little one of those, like, little Sam Raimi things where the, the music changed. I'm sure you caught that. Yeah, the, the X-Men theme. Yep. Yep. Uh, that wheelchair looks really good on a movie. It did. The yellow, like, floating wheelchair. Yeah. I always thought it was a such a cool thing in the comics and looked great there. The, uh, so that is the Illuminati and they're, you know, they, they're deciding, is this Doctor Strange going to destroy the multiverse too? Because he's like, look, there's someone coming and they're way more powerful than you can handle. And they're like, no, we got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they all went out like a bunch of bitches. <laughs> and Professor X is kind of like, he can read Strange's mind. He's like, oh, this one is actually not corruptible, as corruptible, I guess. And then, like, the Scarlet Witch comes in, and, like, this is where the violence, like, really notches up. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, turning uh, Mr. Fantastic into uh, spaghetti, basically. Yep, streamers. Yep. Um, she imploded Black Bolt's head. Yeah, Black Bolt goes to scream. His mouth has been disappeared. and She, like, alters reality. I swear to God, she's Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, right. She alters that, reality. She snapped, his... uh, she snapped Professor X's neck, I think. Yeah, inside her, inside her mind. Yeah. And that was like a demon version of her, too. Mm-hmm. Um, she cut Captain Carter in half with her own freaking shield. And crushed Captain Marvel with a giant statue. Yeah, and that's not to mention all of the other people that she killed, like uh, Ultron robots that she destroyed on the yeah. way in. Oh, and by the way, in the in the in the trailer, that stuff that looks like blood, it's not blood; it's oil. Yeah, which that, is great. It made her look like badass. Yeah, the splash of oil across her face. So it was really cool to see all those characters, and then they're dead, and it was kind of like. Okay, that was kind of a cool little... It's interesting. It's one of those things where you... It's neat. You briefly think about, well, what does this mean for the rest of the movies? And, and then, then they're all dead, nothing. and you're like, oh, <laughs> well. Yeah, I guess that's again, not that whole cause no any consequences problems. thing. Yeah. With the multiverse. But revealing that very soon, if there's if those characters are there, that means they are probably also in our world. Um... There is a scene on Mount Wundegar. Uh, Mount Wundegar is where Scarlet Witch was actually born in the comics. And in this case, they have it as the location. It's like this kind of tower on top of a mountain. Uh, it holds uh, the original inscriptions of the Darkhold book that had been then transcribed, which is funny because they said that no one's ever survived up there. Well, how did the book get out of there? I guess it means no one in the in Doctor Strange's sect. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, you know, there's a bunch of demons and that kind of stuff that is going to be, I guess, used to take, I, assuming to take the power away. Although there's plenty of times where they tried otherwise, like outside of Wundegar. But it was interesting to see that on film. Yeah. Oh, Wong, too. Man, I freaking love Wong. Mm. I've said this before. Just uh, There's something about... That character, like, as soon as he arrives on the scene, you get this little moment of, like, ah, we're safe. Yeah, except in this in this movie, you did not have that. Everybody got beat beat down by 
a Scarlet Witch. Yeah. There really wasn't any point when she was on the screen that you thought anybody was safe. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of badass. <laughs> Do you have any complaints about the Book of the Vishanti, the good, the good book? The, yeah, the ultimate good, the, the MacGuffin that they chased for the entire movie that they got only to have it just vaporized. I'm like, okay. And only one of them, I think, by the way. Right, because it's it's. I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist in all the worlds. I think it only exists in that ne- like nexus right. of the world. That's it. That nexus of that nexus in between the realms. It, it, it wasn't in actually in any of the multiverses. It was in the area between multiverses. And we know that that's kind of a thing because the America character said that she doesn't exist in any of the worlds. She just kind of travels through them. Right. And it's like, all right, so. We were chasing this book for the and and that's where they ended up with the whole okay we can't have this big battle because nobody can actually fight Scarlet Witch so Scarlet Witch has to beat herself mm-hmm. and she has this coming to Jesus moment where she gets mad at her kids or whatever and her kids are frightened of her and she realizes the monster that she's become and you know her conscience takes hold of her for a minute and she decides that you know what I need to go. And she brings down the mountain on top of herself. And that's pretty much how she gets beaten. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Well, all right then. <laughs> there is a, I, I found a kind of interesting sequence, which I thought I was going to dislike. Mm-hmm. So when when America, the, the, speaking of the book, the opening of the movie is them trying to get the book. America and Strange. There's a very cool looking ribbon-esque creature that... They're fighting through and getting slashed and stabbed and all sorts of stuff. And um, the that particular Doctor Strange gets killed. They both end up falling through the portal. So now America has landed in our universe with a corpse of a Doctor Strange. Yeah. And they make a big deal of Doctor Strange kind of burying it on the rooftop, like brick pile, kind of. I don't know what it is. But it's like burying it on a rooftop in New York, basically. Later on... There's a whole thing in this movie about dreams and dreams are really like people jumping into your mind and dream walking is actually your dreams are actually your alternate selves in other universe. Mm -hmm. My alternate self has had so much sex. Yeah. (laughs) You were there. I was. Um, I think we had the same dream at the same time. (laughs) Awkward. Um, That's the real reason why we didn't invite Omar to this episode. We didn't want, didn't want to let him know that he wasn't in our dream. Anyway, um, so he so he dreamwalks in. You can only dreamwalk into yourself. He's trying to dreamwalk basically, and he has to dreamwalk into the corpse of a Doctor Strange. And so I was we had really an animated zombie Doctor Strange, which was kind of fun. It was kind of fun at first. I was like, oh, is this going to be like? Because it, as it's kind of like coming to life, I was like, are they going to do something where he's like? kind of dumb or awkward. I was really hoping it wasn't going to be like the dude in Men in Black. It's like, sugar, water, like... Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, because this character is going to be on the screen for a while and it's going to get a little frustrating if he's speaking in one word, you know, things or like walking slow or can't do anything. And like mm-hmm. the whole joke is like he can't move his hands, you know, that kind of stuff. But I thought it was actually very well done. Yeah. And then the whole controlling the uh, souls that came to get him. Mm-hmm. To like make like a cool like ghost cape. 
You're the master of the mystic arts. Make those spirits obey you. That's the toy I want. The zombie the strange, zombie with, strange? Like, with a bunch of like like spirits. As like a cape. The, the spirit cloak. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be fifty bucks, but it'd be really awesome. I'd buy it. Um. So all in all, and we didn't talk about every single aspect because you know I'm assuming at the point this point that you guys saw it, you kind of know the plot points, the the twists, the turns, all that kind of stuff. Um. The after credit sequence. What did, uh, did you have any idea or what that was or care or anything like that? I had no idea who it was. Um, I had to look up who uh, Charlize Theron was playing. Yeah. So it was a purple haired woman showed up. Her name is Clea or Clee. Well, she was basically was Clea, yeah. in the comics for a little while. She was Doctor Strange's partner in magic. Um Partner adventures, partner in romance, mm-hmm. and Charlize Theron. It's just another big name, great actor, pulled into the Marvel universe. I heard that Keanu Reeves just signed a deal with Marvel as well. Did he really? I have no idea who he's going to be. But interesting, yeah. interesting. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I hope it's not Wolverine because Wolverine needs to be short. But. And also, as you pointed out when you saw John Wick 3, it's obvious that he's, you know, 50-something years old. He's starting yeah. to move a little slower. Yeah. It's it's painful to watch him run at times. I mean, it's more painful for me to run, so we're not really making fun of him. We're just aware that, it, you know. Yeah. You're not sprinting much when you're 50-something. And then the the extra credit scene at the end, at the very end of the credits... Um, kind of made me laugh. And that, I, that's probably another one of those Sam Raimi things for you. But at that point, I mean, no, that was fine. I mean, I kind of knew that where I was going like, to go back. Oh, okay. I like it. I read his book, uh, not Sam Raimi's, but, uh, Campbell, Bruce Campbell. And there's kind of an ongoing thing where Sam Raimi and him are their friends. They've friends since childhood. And there is a little thing where Sam Raimi likes to torture him. So, like, I totally could tell that when he was being forced to squirt himself in the face with mustard, that Sam Raimi had to be behind the camera laughing his ass off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind of something you and I would do. <laughs> like, right? I'm going to need you to punch yourself in the groin harder. What? Make it believable. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some questions that this movie leaves. Is it? Does the fact that there's a cartoon universe mean that the Into the Spider-Verse thing is real? Is is Wanda really dead? I mean, there's other Wandas out there. Um, yeah, is America going to seek out her mom? Because now she's a trainee. Um, they did say that Doctor Strange will be back. Uh, mm-hmm. This was the last movie on his contract, but he really likes playing the character. So. Doctor Strange will be back. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I kind of had hoped they weren't it, but those those th- the three big like golem like creatures that were guarding the Darkhold, mm-hmm. I thought they might have been Man Thing, because Man Thing has these tendrils that kind of hang down on either side of his face, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't. Wow. I looked it up. I also highly suggest that you may always make sure when you type in Man Thing into Google that you add yeah. Marvel, 
definitely do Marvel's man thing first, not just man thing. I will remember that. So many penises. <laughs> All right. Well, is is that gonna wrap up Benadryl tennis matches uh, new movie? It is, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where Bobcat Goldthwait goes from this. Oh, where's Omar? I don't believe he didn't want to see a Buttercup Candy Crush movie on the first weekend it opened. I mean, I I was excited for another Banana Butt Catch Your Pants movie. Uh, Burlington Coat Factory. Well, guys, it is time for the Gibby Five question of the week. And what is your favorite taco? All of them. Yeah, there is no such thing. Don't insult Jubal's. Yeah. So the question of the week, we are going, since we talked about a movie which had a good guy gone bad, we are going to talk about good guys gone bad in all media. So. The musical. Yes, good. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to write that. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about your top five good guys that have gone bad. And we have a special guest. Mm. That has made his own list oh, to join yeah. us. Uh, welcome, Ethan. Hola. Hola. Hi. So, um. So, Ethan, who is your top five good guys gone bad? And you can do a little explanation. Um. Hang from one of the penguins. A Madagascar movie. Um. He, he probably not much noticed, so that's why he's um in my fight. And so he's an octopus, right? Yeah, he's an octopus that got jealous of the penguin, so he te- so he like became acted like a human, so he can spy on them and try to control them, and he to try to turn them into hideous beasts. Um, number four, they turning into the Ice Emperor, so. Um, yeah, that's from one of my favorite TV shows, and... What's the show? Ninjago. I really enjoyed when he turned back because I really felt like that added, like, a plot twist. Um. Alright. Well, lots of... Lots of from Toy Story 3. Um, uh, the friendly bear and turned evil. Mm. I don't know what else I have to say. <laughs> That's really funny. That's so funny. <laughs> Voltron. Not Voltron. Ultron. Ultron. Voltron. It's so Ultron. Um, from the movie, um, from Voltron. Avengers. Avengers versus machine, something like that. So he was made to be a good guy. But he turned evil and tried to destroy the world to rebuild it as his own. Yep, yep. And then number one, Dark Vader. There you go. Once a good Jedi turned evil. That's it. Darth Vader is the classic. Good choice. Classic. Totally. Okay, have a good rest of your day. Good night. (laughs) Good night. Later, buddy. Ethan's list. 
Ethan knocked it out of the park. He nailed it. He did. He, uh, yeah, he did that by himself. He was, I was cooking the other night, and you know, I was like, hey, what, what movies and characters do you know that had good guys gone bad? And he sat at the kitchen table, and he started, he's like, Hank. I'm like, who? <clears throat> but uh, good job. Nicely done. Uh, I guess I'll go. Okay. Uh, we've got two, count them, two honorable mentions. Uh, Winter Soldier, because he was brainwashed. That's the only reason he didn't, you know, he was, he was uh, forced to be bad. And uh, uh, breaking, the whole Breaking Bad situation, like, that's kind of the whole point of the show. But depending on the way you look at it, you don't really see him as a good guy. So Walter, you don't see him as a good guy. You kind of do. Kind of don't. I don't know. Uh, number five. And remember, it was all media for my number five. I'm going Hulk Hogan. Oh. And, nice. Uh, in 1996. Hollywood Hogan. There was a, hmm. there was a, yeah, there was, in 1996, there was a match with uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall versus Lex Luger, Randy Savage, and Sting. And uh, this was in, what, WCW? And early in the match, Lex Luger got taken out. And uh, Hulk Hogan came in, and everyone thought that Hulk Hogan was going to help his buddy Randy Savage, and instead he pushed the referee down and beat the hell out of him. That was the first time that you know Hulk Hogan, a good guy throughout all of the 80s and early 90s, turned bad. Made national news, of all things. Uh, number four, we're going to go classic here. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The, I don't know if it's the original, but we'll say the original. Um, number three, Michael Corleone. Good guy getting back from the war. Everyone thought he was the good son, wouldn't be able to take over for the Godfather, and ended up having to do it, and uh, you know, did it pretty well. Number two, I'm going to go with Dark Phoenix uh, from good guy Jean Grey. Uh, knew knew she had to have a little bit of evil in her. Because of uh, the fact that she is a redhead. Just making sure Rob is listening. And um, yes, I am. I'm actually making noise, forgetting that my mic was muted because my phone went off. Oh, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. I figured it got very quiet. Um, yeah, so Dark Phoenix, you know, good guy, uh, too much power, got enveloped by the Phoenix entity and blew up a planet, as amongst other things. And number one. Uh, my child got this one as well, uh, Darth Vader. Although, that one's kind of weird, too, because it's it ended up being backwards. You knew him as a bad guy before you knew him as a good guy. But Yeah, but story-wise, technically, he was a good guy first. Yes, in, in, in quote-unquote real world. And I'm not sure that I would have picked that quite as high if there weren't all of the like Clone Wars uh, TV shows and cartoons and stuff like that, because that really expanded on the character and made the character more likable more more of a hero before the fall right so before the fall that is my five good stuff that's pretty solid yes solid indeed uh would you like to go omar (laughs) or uh maybe a bendable cummerbund would like to go um no i'll jam it out real quick no problem um for mine, I, I also went with 
mine are all like movies and TV, you know? And um, I also went with like how good it was. So Darth Vader didn't make the cut because of episode, you know, one, two, and three. Um, I'm sorry. I just, that We all know. We were all thinking it. Um, so You're not wrong. Number five, I didn't realize it until just now, but I also think it's an order of quality as well. Um, my number five, I went with, I thought about this, and, and like if you really think about the character, this is huge. Um, Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight, played by uh, Aaron Eckhart. Okay. That's a really yeah. good one because he was so like, you know, such a pure by the book guy. A boy scout. And, yeah, book. and he literally goes right, you know, 180, right? Number 4. Um Sissy Spacek as Carrie from or even in the the book Carrie because that's another basically even though it wasn't really her fault in a way, she's kind of pushed into it. But I thought that was a really good one. For number three, I have Breaking Bad. You know, Walter White. Yep. Um, number two, I have uh, Jack Torrance from The Shining. Played by Jack Nicholson. Total family guy, family man. I mean, maybe their relationship wasn't perfect. I don't remember exactly. But he was a normal guy for the most part. Average family man, whatever. And then, of course, we know The Shining ends poorly. And then, uh, number one, my number one is Michael Corleone. From the Godfather, nice. Yeah, I that because that's just it's just it's not only a good guy gone bad, but it's just such a classic role, classic actor. Like the whole thing is just so good. I, I had to go with that one for number one. So nice, excellent. Yes. Did we have anyone call in? Of course. Mm. Yummy. Alec, he is a patron. Of unusual size. Hey, give me five podcasts. It's Alec. Hope I'm not too late with the list. Uh, top five good guys gone bad. Uh, number five, I have, uh, uh, what do you call it? Syndrome from The Incredibles. Uh, Jason Lee, I you know that at first mm. he's a kid and just a fan. Obviously, he turns into a big time villain. Uh, number four, this is kind of a different one, but Private Pile from Full Metal Jacket. Obviously, at the beginning, just an innocent. You know, kid who got, you know, picked on by everybody and just becoming a psycho. Uh, number three is a tie uh, between two characters in the Batman universe. Um, Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Michelle Pfeiffer's character in Batman Returns is Catwoman. Uh, she's not entirely bad, but technically she's a villain in the movie. And obviously a more obvious choice, Two-Face in the Dark Knight. Obviously at first yeah. he's the, the person who's going to save the city and ends up trying to take it down. Number two is a little... Different. Um, Eddie Murphy, a professor, um, buddy love. Obviously, that's a, a take on Sherman Pump. If you, you know, when he uh, when he has a better view of himself, or however you want yep. to look at it, but he becomes pretty evil in that one. And uh, I think it's an amazing performance. And for me, the best good guy gone bad is Al Pacino's Michael Corleone in The Godfather. Uh, specifically, how we see him in Part One uh, go from innocent, kind of not wanting to be a part of the family business, a war hero, and by the end of the movie, uh, he's definitely changed. And then once part two comes, forget about it. He's pure evil, pretty much. So that's my list. Hope you like it. There's a million different ways. Um, I could, you know, I could have gone with all the different, you know, characters, but this is my favorites. Hope you like. Thanks. Bye. Forget about it. Hey. Actually, when he said that, I it was also reminded me of uh, me, myself, and Irene too. <laughs> Jim Carrey is that's uh, true. 
Good guy in the bad guy. About that. <clears throat> I play a I play a video of uh, for for my class, and it talks about um, that uh, what's it called? Uh, a, a certain uh, uh, dolly zoom, which is the thing that like they always do when you, they show like looking down a staircase, where it, like the camera goes down the staircase, but it also looks like it's getting longer at the same time. Right, right, right. And at the end of that video, they cut to me, myself, and Irene. And it's when he gets mad at like the diner or something, and he turns and looks at the camera, and it does that dolly zoom, and he goes, "It's time, fuckers," or something <laughs> like that. And I always have to like frantically run to my computer and shut it off before it gets to that part. That's funny. But anyway, speaking of it being time, mm. speaking of fuckers, it's Rob. <laughs> and I have to mention real quick before Rob goes, as usual, Alex or Alec, sorry, nailed it. He, he does a good Omar has like a is in like the Alec fan club. He, he, come on, his lists are like amazing. It, it, I'm just always. I'm happy to say that several of the ones on my list haven't been mentioned yet. I think Greg knows at least one that's on my list has already been mentioned. Actually, just one on my list has already been mentioned because I'm going to make a substitution. Mm. But at number five, I'm going to put a trio of characters. Who all took a turn on the dark side. Hmm. And that's Sam, Dean, and Castiel from Supernatural. Each one of them had their own season where they were where they were basically an evil character. Interesting. At number four, I'm gonna put Willow from Buffy. Ah, uh, yeah. Hmm. I I actually really enjoyed the Buffy series, and if you haven't watched it, I suggest you sit down and check it out because it's actually really good, really well done. So there's, I, there's another Buffy character I, I was almost gonna pick, Angel. Yep, yep. Um, so Willow from Buffy is my number four. My number three is going to be Superman. Ooh, in I think it was the second one. He was corrupted by the red kryptonite okay. in the second movie with Christopher Reeve. He was kind of corrupted and became bad, but he was also bad. And really, it really showed the extent to what could happen if Superman was in fact a bad guy. The, the storyline, the initial storyline for injustice Two, the video game. Huh? Where there was some violence there. There was. You, you've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. Where Superman is sprayed with uh, Joker's toxin, or or is it Joker's toxin, or is it um, Scarecrow? I think it's Joker. He's sprayed with the Joker's toxin, and he he sees a bomb or whatever, and he tries to fly it up into space, only to, when he gets up there to realize that it's Lois Lane. And she dies in space because he flew her up there. He flies down and just basically goes apeshit, starts killing people. Um, eventually becomes like the dictator of the world. And uh, yeah, <laughs> a very, very dark opening. Um, Justice 2 is a fighting game. Yes. It's how they explain why Aquaman is fighting Superman or Flash is fighting Wonder Woman or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So Superman at number three. At number two. I'm going to call a change-up, because it was going to be Anakin Skywalker. However, I just remembered, sitting here at my desk and having something right here in front of me, another uh, 
another Jedi story that I kind of like, another fallen Jedi, and that's Darth Revan. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to put Darth Revan in instead of Anakin Skywalker. Do we both? We both have desk Darth Revans? Actually, I've got Jedi Revan on my desk right now. I've I don't have Darth Revan. Revan I've got Darth Revan on my desk right now. Yeah. Should I know who that is? I, I'm going to put... Uh, uh, we'll explain it off the okay. air. I'm, I'm going to put Darth Revan up here eventually. But... I don't know if you can see that on my... There he is. You're frozen, but there he is. But my... Okay. My number one is, of course, who, Greg? Uh, is it um, the pool man from uh, Wife Fuckers 7, <laughs> where you, he starts off as just a pool man, but there he is banging some dude's wife? You know me so well. Which is just not yes. cool. Like, really, it's not. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's about as evil as you can go. <laughs> Yet you watch that movie all the time. For five minutes at a time. It's That's weird. right. Uh, two no, my minutes. number one is Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I've said it actually, numerous yeah, times, yeah. the Dark Phoenix saga is probably my favorite storyline from comics when I was a kid. Dark Phoenix. I, liter- and- I literally opened it up to all media so you could say Dark Phoenix, to be yeah. honest. Dark Phoenix and the uh, Infinity Gauntlet series were my two favorite storylines as a kid from the comics. Nice. Very nice. Uh, well, that was our list and our review of Doctor Strange and our review of some other things. Um, Rob, you've got contact stuff. I do. So, guys, like always, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at, <laughs> at Give Me Five Pod. You can email us directly, give me five podcast at gmail.com, or you can go directly to our website, give me five podcast.com. And please, guys, as always, leave us a review. It really helps other people find us. It helps us stick out and it helps us move up to the top of the list in Fiji. Fiji, Fiji come, come back. back. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I believe that is going to do it for us this evening. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. And remember, like I always say, It is better to have loved and lost than to have to pay a restocking. (laughs) (laughs) To a town!